Chapter Two of Uncle's Dream by Fedor Dostoevsky, translated by Frederick Weeshaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. Chapter Two. I will begin then by stating that Prince K was not so very very old, although to look at him you would think he must fall to pieces every moment so decayed or rather worn out was he at mordasoff all sorts of strange things were told of him some declared that the old prince's wits had forsaken him all agreed that it was passing strange that the owner of a magnificent property of four thousand souls a man of rank and one who could have if he liked a great influence and play a great part in his country's affairs that such a man should live all alone upon his estate and make an absolute hermit of himself as did prince k many who had known him a few years before insisted upon it that he was very far from loving solitude then and was as unlike a hermit as anyone could possibly be however here is all i have been able to learn authentically as to his antecedents etc some time or other in his younger days which must have been a mighty long while ago the prince made a most brilliant entry into life he knocked about and enjoyed himself and sang romantic songs and wrote epigrams and led a fast life generally very often abroad and was full of gifts and intellectual capacity of course he very soon ran through his means and when old age approached he suddenly found himself almost penniless somebody recommended him to betake himself to his country seat which was about to be sold by public auction so off he went with that intention but called in at mordasoff and stopped there six months he liked this provincial life and while in our town he spent every farthing he had left in the world continuing his reckless life as of old gallivanting about and forming intimacies with half the ladies of mordasoff he was a kind-hearted good sort of a man but of course not without certain princely failings which however were accounted here to be nothing but evidences of the highest breeding and for this reason caused a good effect instead of aversion the ladies especially were in a state of perpetual ecstasy over their dear guest they cherished the fondest and tenderest recollections of him there were also strange traditions and rumours about the prince it was said that he spent more than half the day at his toilet table and that he was in fact made up of all sorts of little bits no one could say when or how he had managed to fall to pieces so completely he wore a wig whiskers moustache and even an espagnol all false to a hair and of a lovely raven black besides which he painted and rouged every day it was even said that he managed to do away with his wrinkles by means of hidden springs hidden somehow in his wig it was said further that he wore stays in consequence of the want of a rib which he had lost in italy through being caused to fly involuntarily out of a window during a certain love affair he limped with his left foot 
and it was whispered that the said foot was a cork one a very scientific member made for him in place of the real one which came to grief during another love affair in paris this time but what will not people say at all events i know for a fact that his right eye was a glass one beautifully made i confess but still glass his teeth were false too for whole days at a time he used to wash himself in all sorts of patent waters and scents and pomades however no one could deny that even then he was beginning to indulge in senile drivel and chatter it appeared his career was about over he had seen his best days every one knew that he had not a kopeck left in the world then suddenly and unexpectedly an old relative of his who had always lived in paris but from whom he had never had had the slightest hope of inheritance died after having buried her legal heir exactly a month before the prince to his utter astonishment turned out to be the next heir and a beautiful property of four thousand serfs just forty miles from mordasoff became his absolutely and unquestionably he immediately started off to petersburg to see to his affairs before he departed however the ladies of our town gave him a magnificent subscription banquet they tell how bewitching and delightful the prince was at this last dinner how he punned and joked and told the most unusual stories and how he promised to come to donchanovo his new property very soon and gave his word that on his arrival he would give endless balls and garden parties and picnics and fireworks and entertainments of all kinds for his friends here for a whole year after his departure the ladies of the place talked of nothing but these promised festivities and awaited the arrival of the dear old man with the utmost impatience at last the prince arrived but to the disappointment and astonishment of every one he did not even call in at mordasoff on the way and on his arrival at donchanovo he shut himself up there as i have expressed it before like a very hermit all sorts of fantastic rumors were brooded about and from this time the prince's life and history became most secret mysterious and incomprehensible in the first place it was declared that the prince had not been very successful in st petersburg that many of his relations future heirs and heirs presumptive and so on had wished to put the prince under some kind of restraint on the plea of feebleness of intellect probably fearing that he would run through this property as he had done with the last and more some of them went so far as to suggest that he should be popped into a lunatic asylum and he was only saved by the interference of one of the nearest of kin who pointed out that the poor old prince was more than half dead already and that the rest of him must inevitably soon die too and that then the property would come down to them safely enough without the need of the lunatic asylum i repeat what will not people say especially at our place mordasoff all this it was said had frightened the prince dreadfully so that his nature seemed to change entirely and he came down to live a hermit life at donchanovo some of our mordasoff folk went over to welcome him on his arrival but they were either not received at all or received in the strangest fashion the prince did not recognize his old friends 
many people explain that he did not wish to recognize them among other visitors to donchanovo was the governor on the return of the latter from his visit he declared that the prince was undoubtedly a little off his head the governor always made a face if anyone reminded him of this visit of his to donchanovo the ladies were dreadfully offended at last an important fact was revealed namely that there was with the prince and apparently in authority over him some unknown person of the name of stepaneda matveyevna who had come down with him from st petersburg an elderly fat woman in a calico dress who went about with the house-keys in her hand and that the prince obeyed this woman like a little child and did not dare take a step without her leave that she washed him and dressed him and soothed and petted him just like a nurse with a baby and lastly that she kept all visitors away from him even relations who little by little had begun to pervade the place rather too frequently for the purpose of seeing that all was right it was said that this person managed not only the prince but his estate too she turned off bailiffs and clerks she encashed the rents she looked after things in general and did it well too so that the peasants blessed their fate under her rule as for the prince it was rumored that he spent his days now almost entirely at his toilet-table trying on wigs and dress-coats and the rest of his time was spent playing cards and games with stepaneda matyaneva and riding on a quiet old english mare on such occasions his nurse always accompanied him in a covered droshky because the prince liked to ride out of bravado but was most unsafe in his saddle he had been seen on foot too in a long greatcoat and a straw hat with a wide brim a pink silk lady's tie round his neck and a basket on his arm for mushrooms and flowers and berries and so on which he collected the nurse accompanied him and a few yards behind walked a man-servant while a carriage was in attendance on the high road at the side when any peasant happened to meet him and with low bow and hat in hand said good morning your highness our beloved son and father of us all or some such russian greeting he would stick his eyeglass in his eye and nod his head and say with great urbanity and in french bonjour mon ami bonjour lots of other rumors there were in fact our folks could not forget that the prince lived so near them what then must have been the general amazement when one fine day it was trumpeted abroad that the prince their curious old hermit prince had arrived at mordasoff and put up at maria alexandrovna's house agitation and bewilderment were the order of the day everybody waited for explanations and asked one another what could be the meaning of this mystery some proposed to go and see for themselves all agreed that it was most extraordinary the ladies wrote notes to each other came and whispered to one another and sent their maids and husbands to find out more what was particularly strange was why had the prince put up at maria alexandrovna's and not somewhere else this fact annoyed everyone but most of all mrs antipova who happened to be a distant relative of the prince however in order to clear up all these mysteries and find an answer to all these questions 
we must ourselves go and see maria alexandrovna will you follow me in kind reader it is only ten in the morning certainly as you point out but i dare say she will receive such intimate friends all the same oh yes she'll see us all right end of chapter two recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida